Yep. Welcome in, everybody, Nerdicons. We're back this week. Normal episode. I thought we would get more out this week, but I'm finishing up work. Carl's finishing up work. Uh, we're we're doing our stuff to to get by with this quarantine. This is the first of our quarantine episodes. This is episode 22 overall of the podcast. I am your host Russell. We are back. We've got a special episode tonight or today or whenever you listen to this. But joining me as always is the Corona Killer himself carl what's up guys i'm out there fighting the invisible enemy Picking ass. fighting the invisible enemy <laughs> <laughs> um we are back we're there it's this is going to be a weird episode because with everything shut down there's not really a lot of news out there, we've got two items we do want to talk about before we get into the main crux of the episode. But the main point of the episode this week, as you probably saw, I think by the title, is we are reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Um, that's going to be the bulk of the episode. We are working on – we are working with some other podcast hosts to get them on to review some other movies and just guest hosts. We're going to try to put out some more content for you guys. Uh, it's rough. I understand you're cooped up in your houses with your families. If you're not cooped up in your house with your family, you're probably cooped up by yourself. All kinds of different things. It it can get stir crazy. Um, just remember, just remember everyone, you're not hungry. You're just bored. <laughs> Lay off the carbs. Um, <laughs> I, I say, uh, I, I've noticed I'm saying um a lot. I probably say that a lot in the other episodes, but nobody lets me know that. We are. We're doing. We're we're gonna be. I don't even know. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> we we are practicing social distancing. We are about a couple hundred miles apart, so we we're recording over Skype. That's why we can still do this. Both of us are relatively healthy, I believe. I am, Carl. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Uh, my allergies a little bit. You know, you might think it's allergies. No, my eyes itch, like when I go outside. So, like, I know it's my allergies. Yeah, my my eyes were started itching today, and I was like, "Don't touch your face! Don't touch your face!" And I touched my face. I'm sorry. I've been just to to appease my girlfriend. I've been every time I go out, I put on gloves just to make her happy. Like, I got gloves on. Don't worry. And I don't I don't know if you have they they I've found these nice mechanics gloves. At um Walmart, these black they're 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 very rip they're very thick, you know. They're not like surgical gloves where they're very thin, and they can rip very easily. These are these are pretty thick and pretty sturdy. So I've been using those at work. I, I've also started wearing a mask, which I started sending a picture of myself out to yeah people at coworkers with. I look like a cobra soldier. Um, that's that's what the mask looks like. But it's you know, this whole thing has got me a little paranoid and hypochondria. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just coughed. Okay, wait, there was something that came up with that. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sitting in my car. I've been in my basement all morning doing conference calls and stuff, and my hands are ice cold. And I and, and I'm sitting in my car, and the sun's beating down on my car, and it's beating on my face from the side of the window. I'm like, oh no, my head's hot. Wait, my finger, my hands are really cold. That's why it's hot. So. You know, yeah. 
it's tough. I mean, some of us are trying to keep our jobs steady while this thing is going on. Um, you know, people are freaking out over toilet paper. It's kind of like, really? Okay. But all jokes aside, we are here. We've got, we don't have any new pickups or, 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 or pre-orders because Hot Toys really didn't announce anything this week. But SH Figure Arts announced something that Carl's very excited about, so I'm going to let him take over. Oh, yeah. So I got three pre-orders in. Thankfully, thanks to my brother from another mother in uh, Japan. Gimme, 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 gimme. Shout out to him. Go check out his custom uh, Super Sentai figures and stuff, but... He hooked me up with, uh, he pre-ordered one of each for us, for me and him, is a uh, Bandai release of the Soul of Chugokin reissue of Leopard On, but the reissue comes with a one-to-one scale Toei Spider-Man gauntlet. Then SH Figure Arts decides to release a Toei Spider-Man action figure from the, sh- the 70s uh, TV show. And then Bandai also released... Bandai, see, I haven't seen this this line in person, but there, it's Bandai Candy, kind of like a Gundam style model kit, but miniature yeah. of Leopard on, and it comes with little effects and stuff like that. So I pre-ordered one. Of, he pre-ordered me one of those. Um, it's crazy because um, other friends that wanted my in the U.S. that wanted this stuff. You know, they go to their, their sites and stuff uh, to, to do pre their overseas sites to pre-order stuff like that. And uh, it was, they were, everything was sold out in 20 minutes. Dang. 20 minutes. And then a couple hours later, I seen the uh, reissue of the Soul of uh, Chugokin uh, Leopard on, on eBay for close to $300. Now retail is supposed to be two hundred, maybe a little less than two hundred. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, it's sad that scalpers got their hands on that because it would have been nice, like, for real fans to be able to get it. But you know what'll happen is that you want three hundred. Well, you know you might be able to find the first release for less. So you know. And this and this totally Spider-Man's. This is this is a wild show too. Um, it. For those of you who don't know, this initially inspired in Japan the Power Rangers. Yeah, it was uh, the first of its kind with a super-powered superhero summoning a robot to fight giant monsters, um, a transforming robot to fight monsters, and then it gave birth to uh, pretty much it's like the father of like the Power Rangers and Super Sentai. It's what spawned the Super Sentai genre. And it's, and it's a wacky show. It's from the 70s. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, if you want to get if you want to see more on it, you could watch the Toys That Made Us Power Rangers episode on Netflix. They they talk about it. Yeah, briefly. They talk about it briefly. Um I always want I, I always wanted the the box set of the uh series. Um and at the time I thought it was expensive, it was like 3-400. Yeah. And then now it's up to like 
$3,000 just for, like, the official. You can get bootlegs for less, you know, maybe, like, $25, $30, get the bootlegs of the whole series, but to have that official release box set and stuff. Yeah, that'd be um, nice. Yeah, I, I, which I'm thinking, because, I mean, obviously that character, obscure Spider-Man character, has been growing in popularity, especially with them him showing up in the Spider-Verse comic, and then now that he's it's announced that he's going to show up in Spider-Verse 2, um, obviously he's been growing in popularity. Um, so yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something, you know, they release it, or Marvel, until we make a deal and release it. And stuff like that, and I'm interested in seeing how much, like, you know, if Hasbro makes a deal with Toei, if they put out their version of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the if the figure arts sell well. It's like I always I always think about this when I I look at Hot Toys. I'm like, how are the Marvel Legends selling? If they're not selling, I don't think you're gonna see much from that that wave of figures yeah you know if, well, if, if hot well, toys are looking at how how legends are selling then they're not going to make those those figures in hot toys i would think mattel would look at how the toey stuff is doing over in japan and say well maybe there is because they can track who, how it's being well, well hasbro would look at it yeah i said mattel I, i've got a bunch of mattel figures in front of me that's why i said that well, well yeah, yeah well mattel did put out um a little uh pocket leopard on for their uh soul chukokin like pocket miniatures that i have from like the 80s so i mean they did put out a little leopard on back in the day but no it'd be hasbro but yeah and um, so but you know, I, I think Hasbro would look say this is selling really well in China and, or Japan, and they're sending a lot over here. So why not capitalize on this? Where yeah. there's money to be made, there are compromises to be made. Yeah, I mean, and it sold out in 20 minutes. I know from speaking to my boy in Japan, like it's this stuff. Like fans of that show have been clamoring for new stuff forever. Yeah, I mean, it's odd enough that like I've been finding T-shirts and stuff like that of that of uh, Takuya Yamashiro, who is that that would be Toei Spider-Man. That would be his alternate um, his secret identity. Um, I've been finding a lot of stuff in the U.S. like on T-shirts and stuff like that. Even uh, got a fleece blanket with him on it. Yeah, and Hot Wheels put out a GP7. And some of that stuff's not showing up in Japan, so I picked some stuff up for him. You know, and it's odd, like that. He's, I mean, he, at that time he wasn't announced in the in the sequel, but he he was was in the Spider Verse comic. But it's interesting that they're pushing, like they're really pushing that obscure Spider Man pretty hard. Which part of me is like, yay, because like. That's one of my, like, guilty pleasures of Spider-Man. Like, he's one of my favorite, like, alternate Spider-Mans. Right. I'd say, if not the, my, like, ultimate, like, my favorite alternate Spider-Man, um, besides, like, 2099. But, um, part of me is, like, happy, and then part of me is, like, oh, no, like, people are gonna, like, start wanting this character stuff and all the vintage stuff. Well, the vintage stuff's already getting out of control price-wise. Um, but, like, now it's like what I guess it's like when you find out about a band and they're not huge yet and you like to keep them in their back pocket and then when they become huge you're kind of like 
no, they were my favorite band. <laughs> like, you know I mean? like, it's kind of like that. It's like I don't. Part of me is like I don't want anybody else to be fans of it, but then like part of me is like, yeah, you know what, whatever. Well, <laughs> well, think about I, it this way, Carl. Think about it this way. You've been talking about this Toby Spider-Man for for however long we've been doing this podcast. So oh, yeah, yeah. when when everybody it, he gets really popular in the U.S., you can claim it's because of you. Uh, no, I'm not that. I'm not that arrogant or conceited. <laughs> um, even though I've been fans from him for years and years, like, um, but yeah, I mean, I have been talking about it since we even in uh, when we were the East Coast geeks. I've been talking about it. Well, I think that's where we we we. I, I, we didn't say we broke the news, but we talked about the news that he was going to be in the new Spider-Verse movie, which that doesn't come out till end of next year. I thought it was the end of this year. No, I it's not. It like, year. I think it's 2021. Oh, I think they moved yeah. it up. I think you're yeah. right. But in other movie release news, Warner Brothers announced that it's delayed a bunch of movies. Scoob is delayed. It pulled a movie off of August 14th. I can't remember what movie that was called, but it moved Wonder Woman 84 to August 14th. So instead of just postponing movies, Warner Brothers is actually giving their their flagship movie this year a date, whereas Marvel didn't do that. Disney hasn't done that. Most movies that have been delayed have not gotten new dates yet. Um Wonder Woman 84 has gotten a new date. Um, there was rumors that were shot down by Warner Brothers that they were just going to release it straight to video on demand, and I thought those rumors were absurd because it just doesn't make sense. Mm. Granted, it would launch, help launch HBO Max, which is launching in May. I think they should push the timetable up on HBO Max just because of everybody being in quarantine. But I think yeah, – I mean- how much Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon can you watch, you know? Right. Disney Plus, I mean, yeah, that's great for the kids, but they don't have, besides Mandalorian, all of their uh, original content isn't, like, either has been postponed coming out because of the virus, because they're not 100% done with it. Well, at what point do we get to a point where there's nothing on regular TV? I mean, you're seeing that you're seeing that with ESPN and FS1. Like Sunday night, ESPN re-aired WrestleMania 30 from six years ago or seven years. I can't remember how many years ago it was, but they re-aired WrestleMania 30. And yeah. you know, MLB Network and NFL Network and all. Well, NFL Network actually has news going on because it's the off season and they're doing off season news, but. The streaming services that the NBA and MLB are offering, they're they're showing old stuff, and they're showing old games. So at what point do the networks start running out of stuff and are like, okay, what do we what do we what do we start airing? Do do they start airing marathons of The Office or Friends or whatever? You know, I mean, who knows? Because we're not. Who knows when we get done with this? Because and and people can start congregating together again, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just think it was it was smart of Warner Brothers to say, you know, this is the one time I'll say Warner Brothers made a better move than Marvel, whereas Marvel just said, uh, Disney just said, well, it's just delayed indefinitely. 
And it's like, you don't want to put that word indefinitely in there. You know, Warner Brothers actually yeah. put a date in there. I, I, I think that was smart of them. I, I, it's a tentpole. When was Widow supposed to come out? May 1st. Oh. Mm. Yeah. And they, they just said, we're delaying it indefinitely. See, that's a bad choice of words for Marvel. Yeah. I just wonder if they're maybe they're saying that and they're debating whether or not to throw it on Disney Plus or even if they had an option to rent off of Disney Plus, like, or they'd made a deal with some other company for on demand. I'd pay the twenty bucks to watch the movie. They'd make well, their money. Well, I think I think a lot of studios are gonna watch and wait and see what happens with Trolls. Mm-hmm. Because Trolls has announced the Trolls World Tour movie has announced that it's coming out in theaters on April 10th, but it also will be on demand on April 20th, April 10th. So it's not going to be in theaters. Cause I don't think, I don't think we're back to what we need to be doing. I don't think we're even semblance of getting back to normal April 10th, but trolls world tour. I mean, I guess they'll see how that does. And then Marvel will make their decision. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to put it on Disney plus, because you're not then then the movie's not making any money. Um you know, Onward spent is spending a week on video on demand before it hits Disney Plus so it can make a little bit more money. Yeah. They don't have DVD. They don't have I don't think they have Blu-rays and 4Ks disprinted yet, so it's not going to be in stores, but it will be on Disney Plus come April 3rd. So I mean, I guess a lot of the companies are looking at what Universal's done with The Hunt and um, Invisible Man and Bloodshot to see how they do on video. But I think the big test for a lot of that is going to be Trolls World Tour mm. on April 10th. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I personally, I don't know how many people are clamoring for that bloodshot movie to begin with. So. I, don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's clamoring for a Vin Diesel movie that doesn't have an F, a Fast, and the Fur- or Furious in the title. Yeah. Right. But I think Trolls, I mean, for me, I have three kids and my wife wants to see it. Why not pay 20 bucks and just sit in the comfort of our home and watch it? Yeah. We have 48 hours to watch it, so we could watch it we could buy it Friday. My kids can watch it Saturday when they're just sitting around doing nothing. You know, they could see it multiple times. I mean, you know, that doesn't mean we won't buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD because my daughter will probably want it. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, if you buy it Friday, you know, you're going to watch it Friday night. They're going to watch it Saturday morning and they're going to want to watch it Saturday afternoon. Like, yeah. I mean, she... I can't tell you how many times she's she's six, but I can't tell you how many times she's watched Chip and Potato on Netflix or Llama Llama. Can't tell you how many times my my boys have watched Teen Titans Go ad nauseum. <laughs> but, yeah, it's so funny because I remember doing shit like that when I was a kid, like especially like in reference to what we're reviewing tonight. Like I wore my VHS out. Like, I literally had, my dad walked in my room, because, um, you know, I was a spoiled brat and had my own VCR TV, and he'd be like, you're watching this again? I was like, yeah, it's awesome. Like, I, the VHS and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990, like, I, I wore it out till it broke, and then I had to buy another VHS. Like, oh. that's how, 
And it's so funny, the mentality of children. Like, we just, you like something, and you stick to it. <laughs> like, you just, like, you keep watching it until you can't stand to watch it anymore. Oh, the, I, and I'll tell you this. The three of them, when Spider-Verse hit Netflix, I mean, my oldest had seen it, and he had we have the Blu-ray and DVD that he would watch in the car when we go on trips. But once yeah. it hit on um, Netflix, all three of them just would constantly watch it over and over and over again. And it eventually gets to the point where you, where you as a parent have to say, all right, let's watch something else. You know, we can watch Teen Titans Go, but we don't need to watch the same five episodes you watch every 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 time you watch this. Yeah. But I I, 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 I honestly, with Spider-Verse, I was like a little kid again. Well, I, I did the same <laughs> thing. But I, I, do think, I do think Trolls is going to be I, – I think a lot of studios are going to wait and see what that does. Because that was supposed to be one of the, you know, the April big April release this year for for kids because there's always an April release for kids, an early earlier release for kids, and I think they want to see how that does on that format, and I think Disney will then say, all right, this is what we're gonna do. I but I also I also feel like either way Disney still will get a win out of it. I mean. People yeah. were kind of when they first announced the Black Widow movie, they were like, really, now? And then after all the trailers, it just looks awesome. Like, I didn't think I'd be excited for a Black Widow movie. I mean, then again, I'd see it because who doesn't want to stare at, like, Scarlett Johansson for, like, an hour to two hours? But, like, you know, then they're like, oh, Taskmaster's going to be in it. And then after seeing the trailers, it's just like, oh, I want to see this movie. Like, And then like, you get the like, past that's in the movie, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> but like then again also thinking about it dude like and not off topic for Marvel Slate this is the only movie I'm excited for I, I agree with you I'm I'm with you I mean Eternals is in post-production I believe uh, but how you know the Disney Plus shows are all have all been halted Shang-Chi has been halted I think that pushes back a lot of the slate. I think you have to if you're if you're trying to tell a cohesive story. I don't know. I mean, granted they've released movies out of order because you know Captain Marvel took place in 1990. Yeah. But I think that I I just think there was too much space. You know, once we found out what the Tesseract was. Yeah. I think Captain Marvel should have gone, been around Doctor, released around the same time Doctor Strange was released, because we didn't have a full capable, full understanding of the Tesseract. Yeah. Whereas in Captain, you know, it's like we're like, okay, yeah, it's the Tesseract, whoop de doo. So this is how it got to. I mean, it's not even how it got to Earth, but it's, you know, whatever. I I just think Captain Marvel was a couple of years too late, just like Black Widow's a couple of years too late, but. They're making money, so what yeah. can I say? The only thing about Black Widow is, yeah, it's kind of like a couple years too late, but at the same time, I don't know if it's any good. It might be not good. It might be, like, amazing. But, I mean, there's a strong possibility that if it came out, you know, a few years earlier, that maybe it wouldn't have been that good. Right. I and think maybe, they waited. I think they wanted – I think – you know, I think I think Feige sat, sat sat and said, you know, 
DC's releasing Wonder Woman. Let's see how they do. Um, and then they they I, I think sent Captain Marvel as a sacrificial lamb in a way to say, well, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then we won't do a Black Widow. They did. I think they valued at the time the character of Natasha more than. I mean, they could just you know go off. Captain Marvel in um, Infinity War or Endgame if Captain Mar if the movie didn't work if her solo movie didn't work. Yeah. So she makes it. Solo. Yeah, I, it's entertaining. I mean, I don't think Brie Lawson's bad, but I don't think is she. I I think they could have casted better for Captain Marvel. I think we all agree on that. I mean, the I only. The thing about it, too, is, but wouldn't you like to known about five or six years ago that the Tesseract could grant people superpowers? Yeah, I mean... It, that would explain why they were experimenting on, you know, the Maximoff twins. They are yeah. the Maximoff, right? They are the Maximoffs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, w- wouldn't that explain better? I, I just think Captain Marvel's an out-of-place movie. Now, if you go back and watch them in chronological order, it makes more sense now. But yeah. we got Captain I, Captain Marvel felt like a filler movie in a way because they're like, well, we got to put a movie out between Infinity War and, and oh, oh, we got Ant Man and Captain Marvel. Put them both out. Okay. Which Ant Man movies? I don't, you know, people. I don't know if people hate on them. But like, I know a lot of people aren't like huge fans of those movies. But I actually love those movies. I think they're they're fun. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, Paul I, Rudd. I'm, it's hard to be upset with Paul Rudd. Yeah, like I kind of wish like they did better because like I think they're fun movies. And that's well, what you need. There's so much levity in other ones that you need a little bit of lightheartedness. And like, even though like their situations might be like serious, but he brings such a like. Like you said, you can't not like Paul Rudd. Like, well, that's like, the thing is, the Ant-Man movies did do well. Yeah. They just, compared to another Marvel movie, which is regularly making a billion dollars, it wasn't, it was, you know, it looks like a failure, but it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it, compared to other Marvel movies, and then, I don't know, I just find those movies enjoyable. Like, they're fun. Like, um, so, and I think it's too because I've never been a huge fan of like I never not that I didn't like Ant Man but I've never been a fan of Ant Man so right. I had no I had no um, investment investment in the character or any like oh well they better do this or that and the other thing like I went in just going like I'm just going to see a Marvel movie and really when you look at it look at it like the Marvel movies that like people are like oh that was crap and this was shit like shitty. I still find enjoyable. Like, Dark World, yeah, it's not the best movie, but it's entertaining enough. And even their worst movies are still entertaining. They're, there's like, they're not, like, they're not BVS. Right. You know what I mean? That movie was dog shit. Like, none <laughs> of them are BVS. Yeah. Or Justice League, which, like, you didn't think it could get worse. It did. Like, you know what I mean? If, like, if Justice League was a Marvel movie, it would be the worst Marvel movie. Batman versus Superman, 
on the other hand, is not the worst Marvel movie if it was a Marvel movie. Yeah, it wouldn't sense? be the yeah, it wouldn't be the worst. Um, but but anyway. speaking of characters, Carl has a huge investment in. What the main body of our episode is tonight is we are reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. This is everybody knows this movie, I think. So fair warning right now, if you have not seen this, there are spoilers after this. We will talk about how the movie ends, what's going on in the movie. Spoilers. But it's been out for 30 years. So. It's been out for 30 years because we are releasing this on March 30th, 1990. Night, night, two, 20, oh, let me try that again. We are releasing this episode on March 20th, 2020. This movie was released on March 30th, 1990. So this movie turns 30 this year. We did not plan this. This is called a happy accident. The the movie was rated, I believe it was PG. It was PG. Yes, it was rated PG. It's an hour and 33 minutes. It was made on a budget of $13.5 million. It brought in, in the U.S., it brought in $25 million opening weekend, which in 1990 was a huge number. It's overall – yeah, it's a crazy number in, in 1990. Its overall domestic gross in the U.S. was 135, and its worldwide gross was 202 rounded up million dollars. This movie was a huge in 1990. Um, at this time, it was – I mean – 1990 was the the peak of Turtle Mania. Um, for those of you who don't know who were probably born after this time, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles took the world by storm. I believe the cartoon started in 87, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And three years later, here's this huge movie. And, I mean, right now, it's like these turtles are household names. Any kid on the street could probably tell you the four turtles there have been let's see there was two two sequels after this there was a reboot there were there was two more cartoons at least three were on the third iteration of the cartoons and then there was a live action tv show which we won't talk about as well I as a forgot concert. about the, the concert tour <laughs> and as well as the concert tour <laughs> I was I was getting to that. Um, oh God! I had that VHS too because my dad got it for me. Oh, you like this? I had that cassette tape. <laughs> you got yes, it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um. The <laughs> there's also a current ongoing comic series with IDW Publishing for the Ninja Turtles. It, it's it's over a hundred issues, so it's been going a while. Some notable. I've been told it's pretty good. Yeah, I've I've heard it's very it's really good too. I just haven't you can't find IDW um trade paperbacks at Barnes and Noble because that's the only store I have. <laughs> um, notable actors in the movie 
the only really one that was previously famous is Corey Feldman did the voice of Donatello and Kevin Cash, who many remember from his fame as Elmo did the voice of Splinter. Um, this technically is a Corey movie, Carl. How does that make you feel? Weird. <laughs> Weird. Well, and then uh, an actor that's bigger now, what's his name? Um, he played the one teenager. Oh, yes. It, Sam Rockwell was in the movie. Yeah, it, Sam Rockwell. This was his big screen debut. Yeah. Yeah. It was a I, I, I said to myself when I started going through that, I was like, I got to say that. And then I got distracted by the IMDb picture of Elmo as Splinter. So, um, <laughs> Carl, yep. I'm going to start with you since you, this is probably, well, just give me a rating. Um, it, it gets an A plus for me. It's an talk, A plus talk about uh, it. Tell me why you give it an A plus. Well, it's such a good movie. And it's funny is it's the the effects and even like the suits from the turtles and the animatronics for being thirty years old. I personally think still look great. I think they look that they look better in this movie than they do in the sequels. When the um, and it's. I like it too because watching it as an adult and as a kid, I mean, you're as a kid you love it because it's Ninja Turtles, but as an adult, it's funny how it doesn't try to placate the kids. Right. Like, you know, adults can watch it, and there's adult, there's some adult humor. There's things you don't pick up on, you know, only you as an adult would pick on, up on, like you know, especially when they're in the sewer and. uh Casey Jones thinks Donatello is trying to say he's homophobic. You know, um, hey. and he he misunderstands, and he's like, "I never looked at another guy." And it's like, no, he's it's funny because he's like, "No, that's 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 homophobic, not claustrophobic." Like, there's just, and it's right. like a darker movie. Like, you really think about it. Um, the story isn't besides like the origin, which they ripped from the comics, of course. Um. It's very much like the first initial run from the original comic, and right. then there's parts from, you know, a couple issues after the first run. And like the cartoon. They, they added the cartoon element so parents would bring their kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 but it's definitely more along the lines of the comic than it was, like, the, the cartoon. Um like story beats, like from the beginning to like Shredder falling into the um, the dumpster, that's all from the first arc. Right. And then the second arc, instead of Raphael being by himself, it's Leonardo training through New York because he believes the Foot Clan is back, and he's the one that gets beat up and thrown into April's apartment, and then it burns down. And they go to the farm. That's like. And that was Leonardo, not Raphael, and that's from like the second arc that they put into the middle of this movie, and it, it works out great. Um, so there's like slight differences, but I like what they cherry picked, you know. And it, 
even the, like in its quieter moments, like when it gets to the farm, it slows down a bit, but it's not like okay, let's go. Like it's still entertaining. Like there's jokes. Like you're seeing, you know, the turtles bond with Casey and stuff yeah. like that. You know, and like becoming, you know, an actual team. Um, and there's just little shots that are funny, like they like the shot of like facing the farm and then you see I believe it's I believe it's either Donatello or Michelangelo they're just walking on the side humming like and they go because like there's something like a bug or something like I don't know you see something that he's probably not used to from being in the city and it's just funny there's so many enjoyable funny little moments in the movie um that are just great I I mean I just don't think there's been a movie, with a few exceptions, but there hasn't been a movie just, like, that good, where it's, like, instant classic. You know what I mean? Where you're like, this movie's right. going to end the test of time. Like, it's just so enjoyable. So, I'm, I'm going to give this movie an A-. Um, Damn it. Damn sorry. It. I mean, it's still an A. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're still graduating with a 4.0 with an A. A-. Hey, you know, a, a um, like, assholes, everyone's got one. <laughs> uh, I just I felt when you know I remember watching this movie and loving it as a kid I but I remember as a kid I felt the a lot of the farm stuff was I mean I I and the reason I give it an A minus is because I wanted to see more Raphael I wanted to Are see yeah, I'm the Raf guy. I, I wanted to see more Raphael being Raphael. And I don't think with with him getting beat up in the middle of the movie and then going down for a good portion of it, I think, I think he was down for like a quarter of the movie. It's like you don't really get that. Um, that's the only reason. I mean, obviously, it's still a great movie. You've got, you know, Don, Don, you can see how if you watch some of the other Ninja Turtles, like the the Nickelodeon one that came out um, back in 2009, I believe, 2009 or 2010, uh, the first CGI one. Uh, you can see that you, you can really look at and see the evolution of, say, like like Donatello's character. I think Donatello of all the turtles has evolved the most because he's always been the gadget guy, but you never really got that in the movie. And that's another reason I, I knock it down a little bit of, uh, for that because you don't really yeah, that, get that Donatello is the gadget guy. He's just like, yeah, he's you know, a super smart one. Yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't they, really, um, and you don't really get that Leo's the leader. You just get that one comment from Raphael that he's like, oh, who put you in charge? Nobody put me in charge. Well, that's Leo. Leo's going to do that. Um, there was a racist joke in it that I was like, well, that wouldn't fly this in, in 2020. Um, Where is that at? Well, when, when she's a confronted, when April's confronted by the Foot Clan in the subway, and she goes, what, am I late on my Sony payments? It's like, oh, no. Oh, it's like a Japanese company. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no, that's so bad. Um, I thought I liked the design of all the turtles. I Everything held, held up in this movie. Um, uh, yeah, dude, uh, it's very it's rare real. to say that about a, a movie from 1990 
that was released. And and remember, this movie was released around the same time as The Crow and the original Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman and Batman Returns. And I feel like this movie has the same feel as those other three movies. Um, I think they took I, – I, I, and, and Batman came out in 89, so I'm not saying they ripped it off. But I think they used it to their advantage, the, the, the success of the Tim Burton's Batman in 89. And you could feel that influence in this movie. Mm. I mean, I feel like maybe like the influence would be that it's a darker looking. Right, film. that's what I'm saying. You know, you yeah, could, you could feel I, the influence on the tone and the set pieces of the movie. Like when they came out of the tour at her apartment the first time, I'm like, man, this this scene looks a lot like something from The Crow. Yeah. Like where you're um, sitting outside the pawn shop and and all that. Because we've reviewed The Crow, you can go back in the archives and listen to it. Uh, we bash yeah. Ryan for hating the movie. Um, yeah, um, but I also think that plays to your advantage, and right? Because the comic, the comic was a darker comic. Like it wasn't for kids at all. Um, no, but I think, I think what this movie did was it found a successful way to make it dark and I mean, still dark, I mean, like the shots and the atmosphere of it. Right, right. Not that That's it's mean... got like a dark story, but it's it's like a darker looking film. Um. Right, and, 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 I, to it, like it's grimy, like right. It's got that used universe feel to it, and I think yeah. it took it was a way to do that. Like Zack Snyder's never figured out how to do that, how to make his universe have this feel of a lived-in universe, and not absurd. Everything, everything feels like a music video with that he filmed. Yeah, it does. But I um, think that's how we got to start. But anyway. Um, but this this I, the the movie feels like it would be a grown up adult movie, not not that kind of adult movie, but like a PG thirteen R rated movie. I can easily see a PG thirteen or R rated movie, which we did with Batman and the Crow. This is the PG version of that kind of a movie, is what I'm yeah. trying to get across here. Yeah, I mean, um, they didn't really show any blood, and they name. I mean, they're using their weapons. Right. Fortunate is like this movie is what started that whole mothers like campaign of mothers complaining right. that the Ninja Turtles are too violent. And I, I, this is what I mean by like the darkness probably came out to their advantage and why it looks so good is probably because also the shots, the darker shots hide a lot of things. Right. It's where you get to the sequel and everything's a lot brighter and it almost looks like it was filmed for TV. The sequel, like the secret of the use. Like it's definitely a tone shift, and yeah, like you know, I agree. People, they didn't hit anyone with their their weapons. They used their weapons to like, you know, like Leo put his swords into the ceiling so he could hold them and kick a guy in the face right. instead of smashing him. Um, well, I think this movie is the only real. I, I I'd have to watch the other two that came out recently. I think this is the only one where Rio, Leo actually uses his swords as a weapon. Granted, he never connects with anybody because he never slices anybody open. Well, you know, but at the same time, you don't see it. Well, it maybe, but because everything, because I think with the with the rating system and stuff like that, like like you could see him slash somebody, but if, since it's shot from behind the person that's getting hit and you don't see it, 
it could still be PG, PG, then you know blood, because, like, Wolverine, the, the, uh, Logan jumped up to R because they saw, you saw penetration, like, you yeah. saw the claws come through the back, going in and coming out, right. like, in the blood, so, like, that's what, you know what I mean, you don't really ever, they don't, they don't, like, hold on to the shots of Leo cutting anybody, but he uses them, so you yeah. let your imagination do the rest, you know? I like how it takes a while to see the turtles. You don't see them right away. Yeah, but it's funny how fast they do, like, they do show them. Like, if you're right. Really, like, and I, I love that your first, like, they have, have like, you know, they they don't show them right away. They show, the first thing they show where you actually see turtles, you just see Raph's eyes and mask. Yeah. I thought that was great. And then when they're, you hear him going through the sewer and they're talking and then Mike jumps, jumps up and it freeze frames and it shows you the Ninja Turtles in the, the cartoon logo. And then it moves, starts moving again. I just think that was great. Cause it's like, Oh, there they are. Holy shit. Like, and, and I'm going to say this and I'm not making this to bash the movie. This is the, of, of all the Michelangelo's I've seen, I've, I've listened, you know, all the, you know, you've got the, the two new movies, all the cartoons. This is this is my second favorite Michelangelo, and for oh, years yeah. it was my favorite. Cause if I'll go I'll go to the, and and I'll say this, and and I'm not knocking the original cartoon. That wasn't my favorite version of Michelangelo. Mm. Um, my favorite version of Michelangelo, voice wise, voice performance wise, is is the 2000 the 2009 one, uh, the series by uh. Greg, I never watched it, so I don't Greg Sipes. He also does the voice voice of Beast Boy on Teen Titans Go, and it's just I that his voice to me is my to for me definitive Michelangelo. Yeah, I, I think I think, but it builds so much off this version of Michelangelo. Oh, for sure. That's what I was gonna say. Is like you know, I think they probably, and I love this version of Michelangelo. Like you just love Michelangelo. Especially in this movie. If you didn't like Michelangelo before or didn't love Michelangelo, you loved him after this movie. Like, and, But I do believe this is the definitive Casey Jones. Oh, for sure. I mean, from here on out, like when you do a cartoon, when you do another live action, this is this is the bar for Casey Jones, in my opinion. Only, my only gripe with the movie with Casey Jones is he only wore the mask for like a few seconds. Right. He made a total of like a minute. And that's um, that's the other problem with Casey Jones is he's a masked character, and if you get a big name actor in the role, you're which I think Elias I can't pronounce his last name to be honest, but he was pretty he was pretty well known at the time. You know they're gonna want to show their face off. And I think he's the only one that's like. Uh, had a April. career, uh, at least as a main star in the movie, like the only one that really had a career after this movie. Well, April was in um, Armageddon, but well, she, I don't, see, that's she wasn't even in the sequels. That's how that's how forgettable she is. <laughs> like, right? I never and, really liked. I never really liked the casting of her. I didn't think she did a bad job. No, I just never really liked the casting of her. No, I don't think they've ever hit April on the head yet. I don't think they've nailed that casting yet. Um, 
Megan Fox. I mean, let's be honest. Megan Fox was closest, but I never. I can't really buy Megan Fox as an actress in anything. But yeah, but the thing is, April's like smart and a strong woman, and she's hot. Right. Megan Fox is hot, but she never came off as a strong, independent woman. Well, she tried. I'm not going to say she didn't, but she tried. And that that's where I, and and that's why I get mad at the second movie. I enjoyed the second movie except for one giant glaring part. Stephen Amell as Casey Jones. And I know we're getting off on a tangent, but that movie, if that movie casts the right person as Casey Jones, you've almost got aside from the the character design of the turtles You've almost got the a, a close second Ninja Turtles movie in that movie. I mean, I didn't. It's really, I never lied. It's gonna be lie. very hard to top this movie for a Ninja Turtles movie. You see, with the, the newer movies, I I never really I didn't like the character design of the turtles. Right, right. The, I I get that. Like I just thought they were completely horrible and which is crazy because you have i think the new ones they look horrible in the new movies right the cgi they look horrible and then you look at a movie 30 like that came out 30 years ago when it's an actual actor in a suit being animatronics and to me that looks a billion times better right well i will i will defend the new movies in this in this way the actors who voiced the turtles were actually in the CGI suits. So I'm not, I'm not going to knock those actors. I I mean, I will say the, the producers made a, uh, actually, actually the only actor that wasn't, it it was in the first movie. The actor who does, does Leonardo was replaced in post by Johnny Knoxville, which whoever came up with the idea for Johnny Knoxville to play, Leonardo should be fired, but I yeah. I think that I think the second one in that in that series of movies is is slightly better than the first because it's more it tries to get more towards what we remember hmm. and what the you know if you could find some way to get the best parts of that movie and the best parts of this movie put them together. I think you could find a good sequel right there because you have, you have Baxter Stockman, you have Rocksteady, you have Bebop, which when we went into secret of the youth, that's what we wanted to see. We wanted yeah. to see Rocksteady and Bebop. And we got token, well, we got Razor. token Razor dancing to vanilla ice. So I kind of feel, and, and we also got Krang in which say what you will. I thought Brad Garrett was a great choice to voice Krang. Mm. I just don't think the execution of Krang went off very well. And that's the thing is like Krang was a more of a cartoon thing in the comic. He didn't show up till a long time after, like for a while in the comic. Krang, Krang's a third movie. Krang's a third movie villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and then I think in the second one, the uh, I forget his name, the actor's name. He that played Leonardo in the first movie. I think he, I believe he still played Leonardo in the second movie, but he also played the pizza delivery boy. 
Yes. He also got to voice Leonardo in the second movie. We're talking about the 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 two thousands, right? Two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. He he was a little. He almost didn't come back for the second movie because they, he did, he wasn't he didn't find out they replaced his voice until the trailers came out. Oh no no no! I mean I mean secretly used. I'm oh sorry. okay. Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. Because I think he did he. But I think that's one of the voices that changed. Uh, the voice of Leonardo in the first movie. It was Donatello. Donatello. Corey Feldman didn't come back for the second movie. Okay. I he came back for the third. Like he came back for the third. He didn't mm. come back for the second. But, you know, I I love this movie. I, I, I watched it with my kids. I watched it on Netflix. It is available on Netflix if you don't have the DVD or Blu-ray. Go watch it. Enjoy it. Carl, do you have anything else to say about this movie? Well, anything I mean, you want to talk about before I, I'm, I'm, I'm accidentally wrapping this up, but I don't want to wrap it up. <laughs> um, no, I was going to ask, what are your, your, uh, your favorite scenes from the movie? Like, what are your favorite parts? Oh, my favorite scene is, uh, is the, uh, the fight in the apartment. My, my, the best scene, my favorite scene in the whole movie is, Oh, fellow Chucker, hey? Yeah. That, that, love that scene. There's so many great moments in it. Even it just is. From the beginning, it is. And you're forcing from... me to pick one, and I'm picking that one. Okay. Well, My favorite know, I mean... line doesn't come from that scene, but... Well, what's your favorite line? A Jose Canseco bat? Tell me <laughs> you didn't pay money for this. <laughs> Oh, there's so many great scenes. Like it's hard. Like, I mean, there's and there's little stuff that's funny. Like when it opens and you hear um, April's voice over as like a right. new show telling you about you know this mysterious criminal organization and the lady on the balcony watching TV and <laughs> why they stole her fucking piece of shit TV. I'll never know. But it's just funny that they snatch it. She goes, what? Like, well, I remember hilarious. being 10 years old. I remember being 10 years old and in the theater. And the first word out of a turtle's mouth is, damn. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I looked at my dad like, oh, he's going to be mad. I looked at my mom. I was like, she was like, she had her. Because uh, they're like, but it was like, and then he said it again. And as a 10 year old, you're like, whoa is going on <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I thought this was a kids movie why is yeah. he cursing what you think about it now it's like he said damn it's not even a fucking bad word I think about it now and I've showed my 10 year old Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 where I think he learned sex ed from Drax the Destroyer <laughs> um, what else it's just, oh there's so many like when the kid runs into um, oh, what's his face? Although I will, I will say, if I ever meet Dave Batista, I will tell him my son learned sex ed from your conversation with Ego and Guardians Two. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, what's his face? The uh, Shredder's right hand man. Oh, I think it was Tatsu. Tatsu, Tatsu, Tatsu. yeah. When the kid runs into <laughs> runs into Tatsu and he's like, you, you, you tell the kid's like pissing himself and he goes, go run, play. <laughs> like, I just love that part. Um, 
Yeah, there's so many like lines in that movie that are like hilarious. And that's another thing. I I would have liked the turtles to have beaten him, or Casey to have been singled out against him more. Yeah. I I don't think Tatsu got his just desserts in that one. You, you know, I think I think the guy in what was it in the in the night in the in the early 2000s show on Fox Kids was it Hun? Was was Shredder's right hand guy? I believe. I can't remember. Is that big? Big Brock Lesnar looking dude. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember. And, the, and I can't remember who who he got in um in the two thousand nines because eventually it was Rocksteady and Bebop. But he tried tried to mutate a couple others first. Yeah, I remember that. CGI um, movie, which I think was like supposed to be a sequel to these movies, that like the 90 movies that started in the 90s. I think that was supposed to be a sequel to like that story. Yes. Um, I think it was like Shredder's daughter. Karai, yeah. Yeah, which that movie was really entertaining too. Like which they've brought her in into the mythology. Yeah. Um, she, she, that was where she, I think she was introduced in the, was that movie a sequel to these movies or was it a sequel to the cartoon that was out at the time? I think it was from what I remember reading, it was supposed to be a sequel to these movies. Maybe we could, we should go watch that one and review it. I know Chris Evans is in it. Is he? Yeah. He's Casey. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, and Sarah Michelle Gellar's uh, uh, April. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I don't want to review the sequels only because, like, no, I mean, secretly using Turtles in Time or whatever. Um, these guys are bad. They're just so bad. I mean, I haven't seen Secret of the Ooze in a while. Um, I may watch it, but it. I didn't. I don't remember it being as bad as people say it is, but you never know. I mean, some of the sets, like the lab, like look like they were straight for up from a Corman film. Um, <laughs> like they're just bad. Like, like the lab where they go to, like they break in to try to find the ooze. Like it's just, I don't know. Like the Super Shredder was pretty look looked pretty cool then. I, mean, I think it was probably claymation. All right. Well, it was a real guy. It was a real guy in the suit. It was a real guy in a suit. Yeah, it was Kevin Nash, professional oh, wrestler really? Kevin Nash. Really? Because it moved weird. I remember him thinking like, "That looks really fake." Like, yeah, he he he's a seven foot tall professional wrestler, and no. he said Wasn't the costume was hot. Was he what? Because I watched that movie the other day, yesterday. Grandma's boy. He might have been. He was in the Pun- Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Yes, okay, then it was Kevin Nash. Cause he, the big rush. In, in Grandma's Boy, he's one of the movers. Like, the guys that yeah, like, was, come in. Yeah, he was in The Longest Yard, too. The Adam Sandler football prison movie. Yes. Yeah. That was him. He was the super shredder. I think in uh, in Punisher, he was unrecognizable as a Russian. Like, he looked so completely different to me. He was... He... he, he he looks like that now, except he's not blonde. He's um, he's all gray. Yeah. 
And he was a lot of people were like, he should play cable in the next Deadpool movie. And they were campaigning for him to play cable because he looks like cable now because he's old and seven feet tall. But, you know, I think they made a good choice. I think they I I mean, as much as like the concept art as Brad Pitt is cable, which would have been cool. Um, I think they 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 made the best choice. Yeah. I yeah. Think. No, I, I'm with you. What else from this news troll movie? Like, there's just a. I remember my dad died laughing at the end. Um, he just loved that moment where he goes, "I always liked Cowabunga," because I made a funny. Oh, like my dad loved that part because <laughs> I made a funny. I just remember my dad cracking up um, during that part in that movie. That was, I think, what his. At least I could say that I know that's his favorite part. Um, yeah, I, I, it's got to be the Chuck show, Nunchuck showdown. I'm like, that, I just thought that was the fact. Oh, that, whoever that was in that, was, huh? That whole scene was yeah. just was just amazing. Like um, all the fights, like all the fights are excellently choreographed. Like, but that, right. that was a great part. I mean, that was. That was just a great. Part. And the filmmaking tricks they they used in the movie were to to hide a lot of the flaws, worked. Yeah. And and I, I'll still say it. I, and I, I know I said it earlier, but the, the costumes still hold up. They really do. Oh yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, and I think, like I said, it being a darker film, it, like it kind of like takes advantage of that. But I think the costumes look so much better in this movie, and you can see I don't. For all I know, maybe in the sequel they put more money in the costumes, but to me, the way it's filmed, they look shittier. Well, it, there's points you can see in the sequels where they lift their heads up, and it looks like a painted human neck. Because there's a gap between the costume and, and, the actual head. And, and the head. Yeah, which if you look at this movie, the way it's shot, you never see, like, under, you rarely, rarely ever see under, like, their, like, their, their neck or underneath their chin, or what would right. be their chin. Like, you never really ever, uh, see that. So, when they redo Ninja Turtles, which they're going to do for a third set of movies, what, 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 what do you want to see? I mean, I don't know. This is getting into a whole new conversation, and I think we've we've reviewed this movie too. I think I I don't know how much more we could talk about this movie. We've been probably talking about it for like almost forty five minutes now. But well, repeat re, repeat the question. Like, what would you want to see in a new Ninja Turtles movie? If they're because they're going to reboot this. I mean, Paramount has this and Transformers, <laughs> so. Uh. We're going to see reboot after reboot after reboot. I would really like them to, like, take major influence from this because it works so well. Like, fuck the CGI. Use CGI to, like, polish stuff, but go back to physical, like, practical effects with the actual physicality of the turtles, like the physical presence of the turtles. Go back to practical. What I think they could do is kind of like what they did with Iron Man. You know, I don't know. I mean, the way CGI looks now, I, I think they could just put them in those jumpsuits, the ping pong suits, I guess is what they're called. Mm. Um, just so the actors could 
get a feel for their parts more. Mm. And I think, but I think the CGI is so clean, it could, they could make it fine and, and just mix in some practicals here and there. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's the skill anymore for the animatronics mm. that there was back then. I mean, because yeah, that was all Henson. Yeah, that was all Henson, and I think that was one of the last things he worked on before he passed. I think it is the last thing he worked on. Um, but you know, At I least was, the last thing he full, fully took on. Right. Um. You know, I just look at, you know, there's certain scenes in um, Marvel movies where you can see where, you know, you, you it's clear Downey's wearing a, you, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think the way, you know, looking at how it is, I think they could do it. And, it, but I, I think with the last group of movies, they got too cute. And they're like, look at all this design, and and it's like, wow, this looks crappy. This looks, you know, Leo looks good. I think Leo and Raph kind of fit, but might I, like somebody did. <laughs> I I don't know. I well, I, I think they with the CGI turtles, like their faces. I think they went a little too human. Right. Like a little too was what's the word I'm looking for? Anamorphic. Like they went a little too human. Yeah. Like, um, where this like you could yeah they have eyes and mouth and teeth like and they talk but like they still look like they'd be turtles. You know what I mean? Right. But, you know it's it's kind of like when you see like they did I think I think in the new movies they did a really good job with Rocksteady and Bebop and their designs. Because they stayed. Oh, they like, yeah, they stayed to the, co- the cartoon, like right to the comic. Like they stayed true to that. And that's what I think they needed to really do with. And that's another thing too is like I always liked the look of, um, like their pads and stuff in the movie were like were brown and the, right the bandanas, which differed differed from the comic because they all wore red bandanas. Um, but I like that they made, still gave him the cartoon colored bandanas. Um, right. I like that look for the turtles. I, I, I would like something kind of somewhere in between what we got in this movie and what we got in um, the CGI Nickelodeon cartoon. Mm. I, I if, if if you can find that, I, I see, and you're a Ninja Turtles fan, go watch that cartoon. I... I I highly recommend that. I mean, but that's the one where they started having them like taped up a little bit. Like it looks like they have the wraps around their hands. And yes. Stuff. Uh, Sean, which I don't and- mind. Which the way they did it in the cartoon looks pretty cool. And then I, I noticed with the newer CGI movie, like they kind of took a little influence from that, but then they put them in this wood armor and like yeah, stuff. Well, and they like, were bulletproof and stuff. I'm like, what? They didn't talk like teenagers. They talked like I mean, you know. Alan Richens, big dude, doesn't talk like a teenager. He talks like a grown man. Then you've got Johnny Knoxville, who's almost in his mid-40s, voicing Leonardo. It's like, these aren't teenagers. You know, that that's what I really liked about the uh, 
the Nickelodeon cartoon that was on at the time those movies came out was, you know, Jason Biggs did the voice of Leonardo. He sounded like a teenager would. Um, yeah. Sean Astin did the voice of Raphael. You know, he sounded like a teenager. Yeah. Pipes yeah. did, did Michelangelo. I mean, he for me, he's the definitive Michelangelo voice. And then Rob Paulson, who interestingly enough, Rob Paulson was the voice of Raphael in the original cartoon, did the voice of Donatello in the in the Nickelodeon one. So I like that voice cast. That voice cast was really good. Yeah, um, I always I actually always liked Corey Feldman's voice as Donatello. Yeah. I always liked his voice as Donatello. Oh, I'm not I'm not complaining about the voices from the new movies because except for the first movie with Johnny Knoxville as Leonardo. In the second movie, I I, I don't have a problem with those voices. Mm-hmm. I thought um the guy who did Michelangelo's voice, I'm like this sounds I can hear I can hear Michelangelo. Yeah. You know I, I can hear him. Um, the guy who did Donatello, I was like. Yeah, I could hear this. I hear this Donatello. Um, so I don't know. I I think I think that's what I want in the turtles design. I would like because with with the 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 cartoon on Nickelodeon, it felt like you know they were they wrapped their feet. You know they're going to be walking on concrete a lot, so it makes sense that their feet would be wrapped, or they you know be wearing some kind of ninja shoes or something. You know, they wrap their feet and ankles. They wrap their, their hands because they are fighting a lot. And, yeah. you know, they had the elbow pads and knee pads and the different belts. And, but one thing I did, I did like about the, um, the movies, the late, the recent movies was Donatello had that little, that little eyeglass thing that came down. Yeah, I think that that also he had that in the the IDW comics. Yeah, I like that. I, I would I would put that on Donatello again. Um, yeah. We we better watch ourselves because we might be getting into a casting special here. If we cast yeah, the right. Ninja Turtles, but um, no, I I think getting a good act, focusing on a good actress to play April, somebody who you buy in that role. You know who who you you're like oh yeah this person's this person's smart and yeah um she's someone that you're gonna see and go oof like wow she's hot but then she's also like strong and independent like you know what I mean like but it's it's that it's that famous line women want to be her men want to be with her that's that's what you've got to find with April yeah um and yeah I, I went Megan Fox I don't think women are going, I don't want to be here. Men are going like, I'd like to be with her. But, no, I yeah. did. I, I did like Will Arnett in those movies. I, I will say that. Yeah. He's yeah. It's I, hard I like not him. to like Will Arnett, but you know, I, I just, I, yeah. Um, and then with yeah, Casey and, and with Casey, if you put Casey in these movies, you, I mean, you got to find the 20, 20, 20, whatever version of Elias, I can't pronounce his last name, but that that's Casey. That's Casey to me. That's Casey oh, for sure. Um, um may, maybe maybe during the quarantine episodes we will cast our choices for a new Ninja Turtles, but 
Um, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, I, I think they also need to focus on like what you're taught, what you said about like they didn't feel like teenagers were in this movie. They definitely felt like teenagers. You need a little bit of a like smart but slightly immature humor. You know what I mean? Right. You know, you know, you sprinkle in a fart joke here and there. You know. Yeah, or you know. Um, only other thing I, I about this movie, the only character that really kind of like annoys me, and I feel like the way they use him is needed, but I find him annoying is Danny. Yeah. I, I just like uh, you just he you just kind of want to punch him. I, I understand why he's here, but I don't like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I understand why he's in the movie and he's needed, but I also, like, you want to punch him. And he's always wearing Sid Vicious t-shirts, and I'm like, was Sid Vicious even a thing in 1990? He was, like, but I don't know if you want to aspire to be Sid Vicious. I don't remember. I don't remember Sid Vicious being, like, popular with teenagers in 1990 maybe 80s i think well he was there was a certain culture of teenagers he was popular with because you know the the punk rockers you know kurt cobain cited him as a as an influence um so that group of could barely play his bass because he was so like right well I, i mean you know his you know whatever but there, there was a. I think it was a small group, and I think this kind of pushed this and Nirvana in a way pushed the the Sex Pistols back into you know people remembering. Oh, I remember this band. Okay, okay. Hmm. You know. Well, even the soundtrack is interesting. I always, I remember I I've, that's another thing I played like out till it broke the tape broke was yeah, like, that tape. You know and. It's funny how like hip hop oriented it was. Like there's an MC Hammer, like yeah, <laughs> like in it and stuff like that. Like I, I for some reason there. I mean because the age and listening to the soundtrack, like the soundtrack just kind of has like some nostalgia for me. Um. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean it. I remember. I was like, oh, I remember these songs. But, but then besides the soundtrack, like the score. Like, I liked how, like, they're like, okay, well, we know this is a popular theme, so we're just going to redo the cartoon theme. We're just going to play it our way. So it was like... Well, if you if you watch the toys that made us on the Ninja Turtles, this movie was really rushed. And um, it looks very good for a, really, for a movie that was... You know, I think like, oh wow! Really, I think it's really great for a rushed movie. Yeah, and I mean, they didn't have a lot of time for the soundtrack, so they just, I think, went with a take on the cartoon soundtrack. They're like, we've got one built in. Let's just go with it. Yeah, and it's if it's not broken, why fix it? Exactly. You know what I mean? So, you have anything else to say about it? No, I uh Should we wrap this up? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I love the movie. If you haven't seen it, where have you been hiding under a rock? Um, yeah, give it a give it a whirl. Watch, sit down with the kids, watch it. 
there's great stuff for them and there's great stuff for you and you know there's not a lot you're gonna have to explain to them <laughs> they're gonna be like yeah. are those real suits yes those are guys in suits <laughs> and to me when i was a kid like they couldn't have been even more they couldn't have been more real to me right that's how good they look i mean neck is making fantastic toys out of them so oh my god so i remember i had the movie the movie uh where they're like the softer plastic and they were made to try to look like the movie ones and i thought those were awesome looking at them now they're horrible but for NECA, the, the NECA ones are just phenomenal, man. Yeah. They look so good. And coming soon, we've get, we're have we getting a Casey Jones, Raffiana trench coat two-pack, a Toka and a Razor, and a Super Shredder. They haven't done an April yet either, have they? Uh, with April, you've got likeness issues, and I think that's why Casey's going to keep his mask on and the toy. Gotcha. Not that everybody's missing, going to be missing out if they don't make that version of April. Right. I mean, it's just – I think with human characters, you've got likeness issues that you've got to get approval for and all that fun stuff. But Who played April in the sequel? Uh, Paige Turco. Didn't she become a bigger actress? She did more afterwards. Um, I can't think of off – she's been in like CSI shows. Um, he was also in the game plan, that movie where the rock plays the football player. Okay. Um, She's in that briefly. And then Casey Um, Jones didn't come back for secret of the ooze. And then he had a third one. Yeah. Cameo. Like where he just hung out with splinter in the sewer. You see, that's the thing is I, I just, I don't ever think Casey's been properly handled. This is the best version of Casey, but we don't get to see Casey show yeah. his fighting skills. You know, you yeah. get a little, little moment with Raph, but that's about it. I think I think that's what I'd like to see out of a, a newer movie, like maybe Casey getting his ass kicked by Karai or something like that. Yeah. And then while the turtles are fighting Shredder. And then, or at least show Casey kicking some ass because he does kick the ass people's asses in the comics and stuff well yeah he could you know he's you know whooping up on some foot soldiers and then he starts getting his ass kicked by karai and you know april and splinter help him defeat karai mm. and then the turtles have to defeat shredder you know something like that mm. you know that that's the that's the that's the purpose of the shredder's secondary henchman is he goes and gets his butt kicked by the supporting characters a la Casey and April. Yeah. You know, it's, it's called storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> but on yeah. that note, we wanna we wanna thank you all for joining us. It's a little longer than our normal episodes. This is way longer than I thought it would go. But I do appreciate we do appreciate you guys listening. Please go rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on all of them. We're even on iHeartRadio, which to me is a big deal because they're advertising on podcasts everywhere you listen. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nerdicons Pod. Carl, take us home. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, like Russ mentioned, you can find us on Twitter at Nerdicons Pod, also on Instagram at Nerdicons Pod. You can also find me at Echoes Dorf Den on Instagram. 
and check out uh, me and my friends. We have a uh, toy photography page called Anonymous Plastic Addicts on Instagram. Check that out. Give us some likes. Um, so, uh, without further ado, remember, keep your detox dust free, your figures posed dynamically, and your comics back board. Until next time, peace.